The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, and he answered, Here I am. And he said, Behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and prepare for me delicious food such as I love, and bring it to me so that I may eat that my soul may bless you and before I die. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I, before I die. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. 14. So he went and took them and brought them to his mother, and his mother prepared delicious food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garment of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And the skins of the young goat she put on, she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. And she put the delicious food and the bread, which she, she, prepared, she had prepared, into the hand of her son Jacob. So he went into his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He answered, Because the Lord your God granted me success. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near, that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He said, Are you really my son Esau? He said, I am. Then he said, Bring it near to me, that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him, and he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him, and Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, Let my father also arise and eat of his, of his son's game, that you may bless me. His father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He, he answered, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled vi- very violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate all before you came, and I have blessed him? Yes, and he shall be blessed. As soon as Esau heard the v- words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry, and he said to his father, Bless me, even me also, my, oh my father. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this Sunday. I think you're doing amazing works, Father, in just the ways that we have yet to know. I thank you, God, for the cross. I thank you, Father, for dying on the, on the cross for our sins. And so, Father, may this next hour be an hour where, where we're so in tune to your word and that we understand what it means to be in relationship with you. We give up our talents, our skills, our possessions, Father, and may we understand that we are sent with a purpose and a reason to live. In Jesus' name, amen.
Good morning. Thanks, Jen Darm. Um, one side note is that when Jar- Jen Darm showed up this morning, me and him were literally wearing the same outfit. We, he was wearing the, we were, I, I said, how is that possible? So he's like, I'll go home and change. And uh, I, <laughs> yeah, he, I, I said, you're reading scripture today, aren't you? He said, yep. I'm like, all right. <laughs> If this is your first time here, my name is Randall. I'm the lead pastor of Grace City. It's great to have you here. Um, if I haven't met you yet, I would, I would love to, to talk with you and, and get to know you. Um, you know, it's, it's exciting the time that we're in, the season that we're in at Grace City. Um, as Ryan was sharing a little bit about what's going on with our church, there's a lot going on. So if you weren't here last week, surprise, we're in the middle of this strategic alliance with First Baptist Church. And what that means is we are in this process of two churches becoming one. And through a lot of prayer, through a lot of uh, just discernment, outside help, people just working with us on what this looks like. Our hope and, and our goal is that we can be together for our city uh, to reach people for the gospel. Um, th- this is about Jesus's kingdom. And so one of the values of our church is a kingdom vision. As, as we've been praying, we say, okay, what would it look like to be together? Would we be better together? And would this be about the kingdom? And our overwhelming answer has been, yeah. Yeah, this would be a great kingdom thing to, to be able to do this. So um, if you would, just be praying with, with us about this. Uh, because you read any study about anything like this, this doesn't work unless God's at the center of it. You understand that, right? Like this doesn't work if God's fingerprints aren't working this all together. This isn't like some man-made thing where we can just kind of get along and, and we're just going to be better together type of thing. Um, if, if God's not at the center of it, it doesn't work. So we need your prayers, we need your help, we need your support, and a part of that is just being involved. So tonight, next Sunday night, 5 o'clock at First Baptist Church, we got these Better Together nights, and, and here's what it is. It's, it's an opportunity for you to ask questions. Um, you can ask questions, questions at gracecitysd.com. Also, you can just uh, get to meet some of the people. You know, I'm sure on their end, and maybe on our end, we're a little bit cautious, Right? We walk up, and it's almost like when somebody walks up to your front door, and you're like, okay, what, what's going on here, right? What, what, are, what are you doing here? Uh, and so you start asking some questions, get to know the person a little bit. What are they trying to sell me here? That type of thing, right? Uh, just a little cautious. So I think both of our churches are a little bit cautious right now, but I'm praying that we can kind of just come together, get to know each other, get to hear each other's story Ask some questions about what this vision could look like and just say, okay, God, are you at the center of this? Are you in the middle of this? And, um, and get a, a tour of the facility, all those great things. And so tonight we're going to have food, come out um, and, and ask questions and get to hear the vision of what God's doing in these Better Together nights. So tonight, 5 o'clock, next week, 5 o'clock at First Baptist Church, which is literally a mile away from us. Okay, so right here in University City. So right now. We are back in our series in the book of Genesis, and we started out the year in this series called The Gospel in Genesis, and some of you were wondering, okay, when are we getting back to Genesis? Well, today is the day we're getting back in Genesis, and the last time we talked about Genesis, we left off with the life of Isaac, and so if you want to learn more about Isaac or about this series, you can go back on our podcast, listen through the series, um, but today we are, we are seeing another transition point. Uh, so we've got Isaac, and now we're seeing this transition to the life of Jacob. 
Um, and so our message today is this, the blessing of God. As we look at Genesis 27, we see this, the blessing of God. So over the fa- past few weeks, um, or over the next few weeks, we're looking at three pivotal moments in the life of Jacob. Um, as a refresher, Jacob is the son of Isaac. And uh, Jacob's life can be summed up by this verse in Hosea 12.3. Here's what it is. In the womb, he took his brother by the heel, and in his manhood, he strove with God. So there are two parts to Jacob's life, if we were to sum it up. The, the first part is family relationships, family dynamics. And if you were to look at the Bible and say, well, th- this is just a, examples of good people, I, I think you'd be sorely disappointed about today's text, okay? This is an example you need to follow, all right? Uh, but we see these family dynamics that are happening in Jacob's life. But secondly, we see uh, not only his family relationships, but his relationship with God. So today we're going to talk about the the family relationships. The next two weeks we'll talk about that relationship with God. And so now, what's going on in today's text? Well, we are getting an inside look at the family dynamics of Jacob's parents, Isaac and Rebekah, and how they related to their twin sons, Jacob and Esau, who were born back in Genesis 25, and now they are adults. The family portrait that we get here is not pretty. This scene in Genesis 27 is filled with family dysfunction because of favoritism that started from their birth, and it stems from one thing. Here's what that one thing is. Who gets the family blessing? Who gets the family, family blessing? You see, th- this is really important as we've been studying the life of Abraham and then we looked at Isaac and now we get to Jacob and Esau. The family blessing is really important because God came to Father Abraham and, and promised that there would be many descendants and nations that, that would come f- together as a family through the lineage of Abraham. And now, who's it going to be through? How is this going to happen? Who's going to get the family blessing? You see, we hear the word blessing or blessing all the time, even within our culture. See, from, from people who, who believe in God, say, I feel blessed, I, I, wanna, I live the blessed life. And even those who don't know God, right, you, you might even hear them say that, you know, it was a blessing or it's, it's, I'm blessed, And so in many ways, when we think about blessing, biblically, it it can become very foreign to us about what this text is about. But during the time it was written, blessing, the word blessing, was very important. You see, biblically speaking, what is blessing and how does it affect our lives? Well, in March 2019, Christine Gordon uh, wrote an article for the Gospel Coalition entitled, Hashtag blessed might not mean what you think. As she writes, search hashtag blessed on Instagram and you will find more than 100 million posts. The hashtag highlights picture, pictures of beautiful places, toned bodies, new babies, graduation successes, and abundance. Scrolling down, you'll see recent business startups, wonderful technology, new marriages, and fancy cars. And then she says, imagine instead opening your Instagram feed and, and reading a story about a woman who has lost her job 
In her post, she wonders how she'll cover the next mortgage payment, how she'll get school supplies for her children, and how she'll pay for the repair her car desperately needs. What should her hashtag be? Hashtag not blessed? Lastly, she goes to Luke 6, uh, 20 through 22, where, where Jesus describes a life of blessing and how countercultural it is for us. Jesus says, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. You see, man's view of blessing in many ways can be all about us, very self-centered. But God's view of blessing is, is more robust because in many ways it helps us to face the difficulties of life and to be able to say that I am still blessed. And so what can we learn today about the blessing of God? Well, our text again is Genesis 27. And we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 8 and then 18, or 14 through 34. But to understand God's blessing, we, we must ask three questions. Okay, so we're going to break down the text and we, we're going to ask three questions to help us. First is this, what is the blessing? Uh, second, why is it needed? And three, how is it given? What is the blessing? Why is it needed? How is it given? And so the first one is, what is the blessing? Let's read again verses 1 through 8. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son. And he answered, Here I am. He said, Behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt the game for me. And prepare for me delicious food such as I love, and bring it to me so that I may eat that my soul may bless you before I die. Now, Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went out to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food that I may eat it and bless you before the, the, Lord, or before, the Lord before I die. Now, therefore, my son Obey my voice as I command you. What's, here's, here's what we need to know about this text. First, culturally, the, the blessing of the family was, was, was reserved for the firstborn son. And, and this blessing in particular would come toward the end of the father's life. So the patriarch of the family would do the blessing. And so, again, much like Abraham did for Isaac in Genesis 25. And in this account, Jacob is the second born, and so naturally, he would not have received this blessing. But God's ways are, are not man's ways, and, and so in Genesis 25, 23, the Lord told Rebekah that Jacob, the younger, would be the one to receive the blessing. And so Rebekah believed God about this, and most likely told Isaac about this. But what we can see here is that Isaac didn't want to accept that it would be Jacob who would get that blessing. 
And this is where the dysfunction really comes from here. It, it enters into their family life and it, it just causes a lot of chaos. We see it as they grow up in Genesis 25, 27. Here's what it says. It says, when, when the, the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful, skillful, skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. See, why did Jacob want to bless Esau despite the prophecy from Genesis 25, 23? It's because when Isaac looked at Esau, he could see someone that he could relate to. See, for, for Esau, when, when Isaac looked at him, that in his mind, I, Esau was a man's man. If you read about the life of Esau, Esau would have been the life of the party. He would have been the, the happy-go-lucky type of person. He would have been the person that you really would have wanted to be around. Esau was fun. And so when Esau... When Isaac looked at Esau, he saw somebody that he was, just became infatuated with. He loved his older son. See, picture the dad living through his son's accomplishments. And you get Isaac. If people were to, to look at Esau, Isaac would have been the first one to say, That's my boy over there. But let's look at the description for Jacob. Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in tents. That's the description that we get for Jacob. He wasn't the life of the party. He wasn't the one who stuck out. He wasn't the one who everybody wanted to be around. He was a very quiet person, reserved person. He removed himself from the party and dwelt in tents. If he were to choose who he would have wanted to hang out with, he would have wanted to be with mom. See, in many ways, Jacob did not check the boxes for Isaac. And so Jacob became an afterthought to Isaac. Again, Esau was the one that everyone wanted to be around. But Jacob was the forgotten son. You see, this word for blessing, when we, we think about blessing, in, in Isaac, wanting to bless his son Jacob, it means favor, adoration, praise, affirmation. That when Isaac takes his son Esau, he, he takes him by the head and he looks at him and he says, I adore you, I affirm you, I affirm your life. You see, from Esau's birth, he has been getting this blessing. But now it is time for all the culmination of it to be given to him and saying, you are the one I have chosen. In Isaac's mind, naturally it would be Esau who would receive that blessing, not Jacob. But Rebekah remembered that prophecy from birth and wasn't going to give up without a fight. And so she creates a plan to deceive Isaac. See, for this type of blessing, this would have been done in a more public manner. But the setting that we see in this text is it's very secretive. It's kind of going behind the back of Rebecca and Jacob. 
And so now it's set up for some real family turmoil. So the second point is this. As, as we look at blessing and what it is, it's this favor, adoration, praise, affirmation. Why is blessing needed? Look at verses 14 through 19. It says, His mother prepared delicious food, such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, and, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And he, the skins of the young goats she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. And she put the delicious food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. So he went in to his father and said, My father, he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I, I am Esau, your firstborn. I've done as you told me. Now sit up and, and eat my game that your soul may bless me. You see, Jacob was okay with following through with his mom's plan. The only pushback that we find that he really had was that it kind of seemed impractical to him. But he's like, I'll try it. I'll do it. See, why, why is blessing needed? Why, why is this so important? Because, you know, the, the prophecy is true, right? God is going to raise him up anyway. But, but why, why is it so important? For many of us in our culture, we say, I'm my own person. I don't need anyone to affirm me. I don't, I don't need the blessing of anyone. I don't need my parents. I don't need anyone else. Their blessing by my own person. But you know, at the, at the end of the day, the Bible and, and research backs this up too. It tells us that, that that way of life, it's not true. It's not true. That, that, that there's something deep inside of us, that there's wounds that we still hold and carry because we didn't receive that type of blessing. You see, what was it, the, the blessing that, that, Jacob needed his whole life. He needed this from his father. He needed for his father not, not to just look at Esau and say, look, that's my boy. But he needed his father to look at him. Say, that's my boy. I'm proud of you. See, for all of us, we need someone from the outside to affirm us, to adore us, to bless us. Look at verse 19. J Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I've done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game that your soul may bless me. You know, Hebrew scholar Robert Alter notes that the emphasis for the writer and for Jacob was on the term firstborn. Firstborn. See, he starts with a lie. He starts with this lie. If you were to, to be in the room, probably in that moment, it would have been like, I'm Esau, your firstborn. Let, let me just say it really quick, but I'm your firstborn. See, he starts with the lie and then emphasizes the term firstborn. Why? Because this was the blessing he'd been looking for his whole life. 
for his father to adore him like this. See, do you understand the damage of withholding blessing and then also showing favoritism can cause? Right, where it shows this within Scripture, research shows this. Dr. Carl Pilmer from Cornell Institute says, it doesn't matter whether you're the chosen child or not, the perception of unequal treatment has damaging effects for all siblings. Author and counselor Dr. Ellen Weber Libby says, I see patients who, even well into their 50s, carry feelings about being the favored or unfavored child. I have a patient in his 60s whose mom is still alive. He still feels slighted when his elderly mom needs something and turns to his sister. He still wants to be seen as special to his mother. See, there's something to this that's much deeper, and we know it. And as Jacob is standing there in his ill-fitting clothes that weren't even his own, carrying a dish that he didn't make, he's struggling. Because what, what he needed his whole life was just to hear, I adore you, I affirm you. See, that's why it's needed. You see, all of us at some level struggle with what Jacob struggles with. That feeling that, that we want to be loved, affirmed, adored, blessed by someone on the outside who we know cares for us and we care for them. And Jacob needed it so bad he was willing to lie to get it. He was willing to lie to get it. So lastly, how is God's blessing given? Look at verses 30 through 34. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting he also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, Let my father arise and, and eat of his son's game, that you may bless me. His father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled very violently and said, Who was it then that hunted the game and brought it to me? And I ate it all before you came. And I've blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. This is a heartbreaking scene here. And there's a lot to unpack from it. See, the whole story, as we read it through, it, it, it speaks of God's providence and work despite sinful people involved. Look at verse 30. Think about God's providence. And this is where the writer really captures this. He says, as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, so as soon as this happened, when Jacob had scarcely gone out, do you see the emphasis there? Scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from his honey. Do, do you see like the sliver of time where Jacob leaves, Esau enters in, 
And, and do you see that, that this is telling us that God is working despite the mess of the people in this story? Ultimately, who's the hero of the story? Is it Jacob? You know, when you read about Jacob, and, and really, as you read through his life, Abraham had, like, good chapters, bad chapters, you know? Jacob, he didn't have any good chapters, really. So as we look at his life, you're going to think this guy is arrogant. He's just somebody that, again, you, you're just like, man, I don't know if I would want to hang out with him. That, that's just the type of person that Jacob is. And, and so for us, we, we would wrestle and like, okay, God, how can you use a person like Jacob? Rebecca, how, how could she, I, you know, it, it's, it looks like she's just kind of forcing God's plan and forcing God's will and all this. Isaac, I mean, Isaac, how can you be that kind of dad? Right, the dad that just kind of, Causes rifts amongst brothers, withholding that love. Esau, you know, Esau, he, he was, again, one of those guys who, as you read his story, would have been very aloof, very happy-go-lucky. And so even there was a point where he sells off his birthright for, for a, a bowl of stew. Right, because why did he do that? Because he thought, I could get whatever I want. I don't need that birthright to get what I want. I could still be blessed even though I sold that off to Jacob a long time ago. I could still get that. Do you see the mess of people that are in the middle of this? Who's the hero? It's God. See, because God had already said in Genesis 25, 23, two nations are in your womb. And two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. The older shall serve the younger. See, God's will, despite sinful people, God always wins. God always wins. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in the mind of man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Again, who's the hero of this story? The sinful family that's super dysfunctional? No. It's God. By God's grace, things work out. Despite messy people. Look at verses 32 through 33. His father, father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled very violently and said, Who was it then that hunted the game and brought it to me? And I ate it all before you came, and I have blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. Here's the thing. As we look at this text, what's the emphasis for Esau? As we looked at for Jacob, the emphasis was at the end, the firstborn. For the emphasis for Esau, it was this, Esau. You want to know how he thought he could have got his ticket to the blessing? Because I'm Esau. 
That's it. I'm Esau. I got name credibility here. Everybody loves me. I'm Esau. I'm the hunter. I'm the sportsman. I'm the, I'm the athlete. I'm the one that everybody looks to. Of course it's going to come to me. Of course it is. But no. As he emphasizes he's Esau, that, that doesn't get him what he wants. It says Isaac trembled very violently. Probably in anger and rage. Because here's the thing that started to, to, to come into his mind. That, that he started to realize. Because it tells us. It tells us that he thought it was Jacob. It tells us in the text. that If you read through the story, he's got these hints or these suspicions that maybe it is Jacob. So, so he gets him to this point where he says, hey, could, could you just come a little closer to me so I could just smell you? So he smells Jacob, but, but he's wearing Esau's clothes. And he's like, mm, yes, this is Esau. Right? It's like the smell just takes him to this other place and, and just, oh, yes, this is the one right here. This is the one I'm here to bless. And so it says that he shakes violently because here's the thing. It says, he says, he asks his son, like, okay, who was it then who I blessed? He knew, but he couldn't say it. He just couldn't get it out. But look at his response at the end of verse 33. Yes, and he shall be blessed. This is super important. To, to really get this story. This is, this is it right here. That, those words right there. Commentator Derek Kidner says this, Isaac's yeah, and he shall be blessed, expresses more than mere belief that the spoken word is self-fulfilling. He knows he's been fighting against God as Esau has, and he accepts defeat. That's what's happening here. Isaac is learning something much deeper about himself, about how he had been raging against God and God's will for his family for years. And as much as he tried to make this plan to secretly bless Esau, he was exposed. We're like, how did Rebecca, during that conversation, why was she there at that moment to overhear what was happening? Because overall, that wasn't God's plan or God's will. And for years, Isaac had been fighting it. See, even in the most dysfunctional family situations, God can work. And at the end of the day, there's a blessing that we all need that is greater than any other blessing that we can hear from any, any person. From any person, right? It's the blessing of God. That, that, that Jacob, throughout his life, never heard that blessing from his father until that moment as he's dressed up as somebody that he's not. And it wasn't even real. But that God was there to speak over his life the blessing that he always needed to hear. See, it's to know that when God looks at you and me, because of what Jesus has done, he says, I adore you, I love you, I affirm you, 
I care for you. I'm with you. Psalm 17, 8, David says this. He says, keep me as the apple of your eye. He doesn't say, Lord, would you make me the apple of your eye? He says, keep me as the apple of your eye. The apple of the eye is the most sensitive part of the eye. It's the most protected part. For a moment, could you believe that God could look at you and say, you're the apple of my eye? Right? Even though maybe in this life, maybe you've had great parents who've told you that. Or maybe you haven't had good parents or, or a situation where you didn't have that parent growing up. But that when God looks at you, he says, you're the apple of my eye. See, who, who does God offer that type of invitation to? To Jacob's. To Jacob's. To messed up Jacob's, the forgotten the underwhelming, the undeserving, the liar, the sinful one. This is grace. That's what the story is. It's grace. That God could look at us like that. You say, well, well how is that possible? Of course he did that to Jacob. Jacob's in the Bible, right? Like, yeah, Jacob, I know how messed up he is, but of course. But how does he know my life? How does he know me? How could he love me like that and say, I think of you that way? Well, here's the answer. It's because the better Jacob, Jesus, didn't lie to get the blessing of the Father but instead died so that we could get the blessing of the Father. You see, the better Jacob, the, the true Jacob, Jesus, was dressed up in, his, in, in, in clothes that weren't his own, but it was a robe that was wrapped around him and a crown of thorns that was placed on his head. And Jesus... The better Jacob, the true son, comes before God the Father and said, will you forgive them for they know not what they do? You see, this is the answer. This is, this is how you and I are able to say, yes, it's true. As I look to Jesus, as I trust in Jesus and what he has done for me, I can say, I am blessed. That no matter what circumstances I go through, just as Jesus said, through, through, through the poverty, through the difficulties, I am blessed. Blessed are you when you were looked down upon, hated. You see, I can know that I'm blessed because the, the true curse was brought down on the Son of God and not on me. When you look at the cross, it was the curse that was dropped down on Jesus. See, that's the gospel today. That you are truly blessed because Jesus was cursed for you and me. And so, just some takeaways. Let, let me ask three questions 
to help apply this. First, first question, are you living authentically? Here's why I ask that. Because when we look at Jacob, he wasn't. You, you want to know, like, why the next two weeks we're going to talk about really his wrestlings with God and his dealings with God? It's because when Isaac looked at him and blessed him, it didn't change his life. It, it didn't change his family relationships. You know what? He, was, he, was, he lost everything, actually, at this point. He lost it all. He lied. He got the blessing, but he didn't get his family. This would, would have been the last time he would have seen his mother, Rebecca, who he loved dearly. You see what, what, what happens when we're not authentic? When, when we're dressing up as something that we're not and we're trying to get that blessing? All right, we can do this in a lot of different ways. We can do this in our workplace. We can do this at home. We can, we, we can try to be something that we're not, dress up in clothes that aren't our own. But the only way that we can come out and say, this is, this is who I am. This is what I struggle with. This is, this is the real me. It's when we're known to be loved like this. By God. See, we dress up those Instagram accounts. We put the perfect picture up there to make ourselves look good. But it's not the perfect vacation. It's not that thing that we think is the goal that's going to make our lives complete. And so we try to dress up as something that we're not. And so would we come to God and say, hey, am I living authentically? Help me to live authentically, Lord. Second question is, do you believe God's, God works through grace? See, again, when it comes to Jacob's character and who he is, he doesn't fit the bill. He doesn't match up. And that's really to push us towards this is how God meets us. In our brokenness and in our mess, God can love us. So do you believe that God works through grace, not through your performance or trying to get your life cleaned up? He can change your life in that place. Third, could you believe that God is pleased with you? that God is pleased with you. That when God looks at you, he says, that's my son, that's my daughter. I love you. See, too many times we base our approval, or God's approval of us on what we do and not on what Christ has done. Here's the beautiful thing. It's called the great exchange. It's that when Jesus said, hey, I'm dying and I'm paying the penalty for you. He's saying, I'm giving my life for your life. And so what that means is that we get the great gift of receiving not only not being penalized, or not the, just the, the judgment, right, that we would, would have deserved, but he also gives the reward, which just doesn't make sense to us, right? You're like, I didn't earn it. I didn't do it. How, how could God look at me like this? But, but here's the thing. We could have never done it, right? We could have never done it. And so that when God looks at us, it's all based on what Jesus has done for us. It's all, our, my approval with God, the God of the universe, is not based on my performance to please the God of the universe. It is actually 
the most pleasing thing to, to trust in his son, Jesus. That's the thing that is pleasing to God, our Father. And so you know that, that end when, when it says that we stand before God and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. I say, well, well how could he be talking about me? Right, and, and I've heard some Christians say, well, I, I just hope that one day God says to me, well done, good and faithful servant. You know why he's going to say to us as we place our faith in Christ, well done, good and faithful servant? It's because the one good and faithful servant paid the penalty for you and me. And I am covered in the work of Jesus. So it's not if I'm going to get well done, good and faithful servant, but it's guaranteed. That's the blessing of God. That's the assurance of God. That's the promise of God. See, how does God take liars and treat them as firstborns? Because ultimately, the true firstborn son died. Galatians 3.13 says this, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. And when we don't believe that we are blessed like that, that, that God could take us, look us in the eye and say, I love you, I adore you, I affirm you, I, I died for you. When we don't believe that, it's like we take the cross and say, eh, yeah, I get that. But I need to keep working to get your approval. And if we don't get that deep in our souls first, it won't only be with our relationship with God, it will be with other people too. It'll happen all over the place. You need to know deep down in your soul that God loves you like that. And he loves you like that because he died for you. And that means everything. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for the great gift it is to be blessed to have that affirmation that you give us solely on the work of Jesus Christ. And so today we look at the cross, we remember the cost that you paid for us. And we just say, thank you, Lord. We are blessed no matter what we go through in life. Difficulties, hardships, help us to know what true blessing is from you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.